Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hi, it's Phoebe. Today we're bringing you a story about life inside California's San Quentin State Prison, produced inside the prison itself. And then we'll get an update on the COVID-19 outbreak inside the prison. This episode contains language that may not be suitable for everyone. Please use discretion. I love animals, oh yeah. Since I've been in prison, I've had black widows, tarantulas, a lot of grasshoppers, beetles. At San Quentin, Inmates aren't allowed to have pets, but some guys get creative, like roach here. Gophers, rabbits, I had four swallows, a toad, praying mantis, 21 snails, frog, red-breasted finch, whose arm broke, pigeons, I had a desert mole that was partially paralyzed, teddy bear hamster, just really lazy with an attitude, the centipede, and it was a wolf. It was a bad little monster. I had two fish that had babies twice. I had a tarantula broke out one time, and my celly said, Yo, Spider got out. I'm Erlon Woods. Erlon is serving a 31-year-to-life sentence for attempted second-degree robbery, and he's the co-host and co-producer of Ear Hustle. And that's Naja Poor. She's a visual artist and works with incarcerated men here at San Quentin. And she's a co-producer and my co-host. And together, we're going to take you inside. I've been coming to San Quentin as a volunteer for about six years now. And when I get here, my routine is always the same. I park my car, I go through a few checkpoints and gates, and once I'm inside the prison, I check in with a few of the correctional officers that I know, and then I make my way down to the media lab. And to get to the media lab, I have to pass through the yard. When I walk down into the yard, the first thing that I notice is that there's hundreds of guys hanging out in different areas. There's some guys playing basketball, there's other guys playing tennis, and there's guys hanging out in small groups, maybe talking and playing dominoes. And it's a really strangely friendly atmosphere. Everyone you walk by is really friendly, they make eye contact, they ask how you're doing, um, they say hello, 
And I'm wondering, do you have the same experience? Yeah, this is pretty much a uh, very friendly environment. I mean, from the volunteers to the prisoners to the staff, individuals know how to communicate with each other. And I think by them being able to express themselves, it makes this place like a, a cool place. Um, but I really think San Quentin is the perfect soil for rehabilitation for real, though. I mean, you have people coming in here saying that they feel safer in here than they do in society. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard that, actually. Well, one of the things I've noticed is that there are all these different areas. And so, Erlon, I've just discovered this new area called Hippie Row. Right, right, right. And there's nothing distinctive about it. It's just a paved part of the yard. But it's called Hippie Row because that's where you're going to find Roach. And the funny thing about him is that he's always sitting on the ground without shoes. <laughs> when I see Roach, he be drawing something, and in the process of him drawing, he be having these extra pencils in between his toes, like his reds, his blues, his greens, and he'll have them there and like pencil holders. Yeah, it's like his desk organizer. Indeed. So how would you describe him? To me, I think Roach looked like the original Jesus Christ. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he got the dreadlocks. Uh, he looked like he's from the earth. And if he could, he'd probably just be wearing a leaf. And he got this one little thing that he'd do. He'd just start sniffing on his dreadlocks. I know I've seen him do that. He grabs his hair and he pulls it in front of his nose and just sniffs. Why are you whispering? Because I feel like I'm talking about him behind his back. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he does it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not but, like he's going to no, hear this and he, go, oh my God, no. I sniffed my hair? Hey, he'll catch himself and you just be looking at him, he'll be like, huh. <laughs> FYI, I do smell my dreads. I put different oil on each one of them. They smell good. They smell like I just came out the dirt hanging out with roots and stuff. But you know what, though? When people from the outside look at Roach, they be like, oh, dude, weird, man. I ain't talking to dude. But Roach is a cool dude. My name is Renell Draper, but I go by Roach. My relationship with people is pretty strained. I don't trust them. From early on, they, they have been a source of pain for me. So Roach is about 40 years old, and he's a pretty shy guy. Until you know him. When I was a child, before I was removed from the care of my mom's custody, she tried to drown me a couple times in the tub. And then she stopped and she left the bathroom and she was crying. I, I knew she was unhappy or sad at something I did. I wanted to actually comfort her, but I, I didn't know how to do it. I don't remember her face and I haven't seen her since. Roach said he was six or seven years old before he had his first real connection with a person. And that was with Sister Maria. She had something about her that I really enjoyed being around. She seemed to care in a different way than I was used to people caring. Because up until that point, I had been into different homes, hospitals, and now I was in an orphanage. Roach was in the St. Vincent Orphanage in South Philly. It was when he was there that he had his first memorable encounter with the animal kingdom. I remember one time when I was at the orphanage, I wasn't there long, and Sister Maria took me and several other kids to Atlantic City Beach in Boardwalk. The day was overcast, and we were the only people out there. But it was a, a trillion birds out there. It was a lot of birds, seagulls. And I got a clam. She said, go and give it to them. Now you can feed the birds. Feed the birds. 
But I was scared of them because they were aggressive. Super aggressive. When they seen that, the clam, they, they just, like a thousand of them came and said, yeah, we need that. And it was, it was, it was frightening. It was frightening. So I um, threw it and ran behind her. She was my protection. Roach didn't stay afraid of birds or any other animals. At 10 years old, he left the orphanage and he moved into a group home in Philadelphia where they didn't seem to mind his love of animals. I used to bring home everything, lizards, snakes, kittens from down the street, and bringing pigeons home. Dogs, it was, it was bad, because they know where to come after a while, and I'd come home from school and there'd be a bunch of cats or dogs. The pigeon didn't last long, because I think the cat ate it, but I didn't know too much then. I wanted all the animals to be my companion and friend. I do not call animals pets. I call them critters. I hang out with these guys or girls. They're friends. I don't own them. Roach actually spells his name R-O-A-C-H. No, wait a minute. That's how you spell Roach, right? That's how you spell Roach, yeah. Okay, Roach spells his name R-A-U-C-H. Is his name Roach because of the critter, or was he just... Okay, I was talking to him one time off mic, and the thing about his name is, when he was a teenager, he was homeless. And he lived in different people's homes in the rafters, Mm -hmm. like secretly in people's houses. And he felt like a roach. He was hiding behind the scenes, and his friends knew that he was there, but the parents wouldn't necessarily know that he was. Hmm. And that's how he got his name. But he changed the spelling of his name because people thought it was insulting to call him a roach. Damn, that's cold. Yep. Everybody don't grow up the same. I got into crime for survival, and I was hurting. And I thought it was a way to get back at people. This was the way to make them feel the pain that I felt. Then it slowly became just a part of what I did. I'm incarcerated for second-degree murder. We got in a fight with someone, and I ended up killing him. This is probably a good time for us to say that we are not investigative journalists. No, we're not. We invite people to tell us their stories, and there's really only so much fact-checking we can do. Right. But what we do know is that Roach got a sentence of 15 years to life. And the other thing we know about Roach is that when he got to prison, he managed to make animals a big part of his life. I like animals because I communicate with them better than I can with people. The first critter I had in prison was a moth. And I only had it for a day because I had a celly who came back and killed it when I went to the yard and left it on the floor. Sometimes I believe I can see or understand or know what an animal is thinking, how it's feeling, when it's depressed, when it's unhappy, even when I watch it on TV. I had a frog once who was not cool. Everywhere I moved in the cell, it would move somewhere to watch me. He constantly would keep his eye on me. I would move over here and get out of view. He would come up and look at me. I think he was letting me know that, you know what, you go to sleep. I'm going to pee on you, dude. So I ended up letting it go. I used to have a pet black widow, and I used to feed it insects. I'd be out out in the yard being pimped by a spider, 
And then I'd come in with bugs, bees, crickets, and I'd put them in a the container and nature take its course or the bees would run around up in there, fly around in there for not long and then they get caught in the web and then she'd spray them with a webbing and then wrap them up and then eat them. It was action, it was theater, comedy. It was really good, better than watching TV. You never know what's gonna happen. You never know how she was gonna do what she was gonna do. One time I had four swallows at once and they ended up dying. That year, I think I lost maybe 10. Along the building, they would always fall down and people would come get me, hey, got some more, got some more, got some more. And so I had to smuggle them into the building. And then they would look really strong. They would even look like they were doing well, but I would leave and come back and one will be down, two will be down. I found out they ended up dying because they needed to be touched and, and to feel a connection with some other, with the parent. So when I have to take care of another baby swallow, oh, it will happen again. I will keep it in my shirt pocket on my person so it can hear my heartbeat and my voice and feel connected or nurture. I take care of animals because they teach me what I can't learn from people. It's unconditional affection or appreciation. Unconditional love is here. No, it's yours, you know, no nothing, no, it's all you. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Support for Criminal comes from Factor. After a long day at work, sometimes the most convenient dinner option is ordering takeout. But if you make a habit of it, it can get pricey. Factor offers restaurant-quality, ready-to-eat meals delivered right to your doorstep. Factor's meals are both nutritious and tasty, and you can choose from more than 35 different options weekly. They have a variety of meal types to fit your needs, too, like keto, calorie-smart, vegan, and veggie, and more, with plenty of delicious add-ons also. I've tried Factor meals myself. Lately, I've enjoyed their shredded chicken taco bowl and Thai-roasted vegetable green curry. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. You can also pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash Phoebe50 and use code Phoebe50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code Phoebe50 at factormeals.com slash Phoebe50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Having pets in prison is considered contraband, but it seems to me that some of the correctional officers ignore the tiny critters that Roach keeps. But there's this one group called the Squad. I've had some interaction with them, and they're pretty intimidating. Hell yeah. We call them the jump-out boys, the alphabets, the black patches. The alphabet? 
Yeah, it's like the ATF, the FBI, they the ISU, which is the investigative services unit. But when they do come, they come for business. They're not just bothering you to bother you. They come in because somebody sent them to you. One time I did have an experience with them. And I will say that before they actually show up, something changes in the air. It's like everyone has this sixth sense about it. And then all of a sudden the door opens and you see these guys come in and you're like... That's why the temperature changed in the room. One time the squad came to the cell and they were searching for contraband, but they found the desert vault instead. And they said, as long as I was taking care of it, that I, they weren't going to triple me keeping it. It was cool. This time for Roach, the squad wasn't tripping. But sometimes prison officials aren't so accommodating. I recently have lost 21 snails. They threw it in the trash, so it depends on the officer. Some don't mind, others see it as a health violation. Now, if I'm in a cell and the mouse wanders in there and says, you know, I'm going to hang out here, it's cool. I'd be willing to take care of it, hang out with it, chill with it. I wouldn't chase them out. i uh, let them stay as long as they want it and be my friend. I know you're not really supposed to have pets in prison, but Roach found kind of a way around it. In reality, you really can't have regular pets, like dogs and cats and, what, bunny rabbits? Um, no, nah, you can't. You can't have pets in prison. But there are some special projects in San Quentin where guys do train service animals. I definitely hear stories about animals in prison. Do like you hear what? guys talking about it? Okay, so. One time this guy told me that he was in, let's say it was high desert, uh-huh. in the middle of nowhere, and he was there for 10 years, and he hadn't really seen much nature, and he hadn't heard any animals, and then one day he heard a dog barking, and he was so overwhelmed by it. Bullshit. <laughs> Why do you say <laughs> Bullshit. Come on, it's such a sensitive story. Why is that bullshit? In his 10 years in High Desert, High Desert is a state prison. He never heard a dog. Nope, he never heard a dog. He kind of even forgot that such things existed. (laughs) Well, first off, I'm thinking of, you know, I can watch TV and see dogs. Different sized dogs from a chihuahua all the way up. Second, ISU, which is the squad we've been talking about, They have dogs, so their dogs is going to walk through the institution, through the buildings, and they're going to bark. All right, getting back to Roach's story, he has such a powerful urge to take care of critters, to nurture, really. And we all have that urge, one way or another, whether it's having kids or taking care of pets. Maybe it's even working with young people. And we wanted to find out what other guys inside do to nurture except most guys aren't going to call it nurturing. They're going to say looking out. We went around with our microphone for some yard talk on the subject. It ain't worth it, no, it ain't worth it. Tell me, was it worth it? One thing for certain, this game is so confusing, but a young nigga still learning. Uh, Well, you know, my friends in here, you know, like, they come in, you feel me? Like, sometimes it may need, like, some hygiene or some food, and, you know, it, it feels good to be able to actually help all my people. I didn't came a long way, staying in my own lane, yeah. Um, I kind of see it kind of difficult, because there's not really too many things to nurture. 
Oh, uh, when I used to have more free time, I, 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 uh, I, I've kept lizards. That's how I, um, you know, satisfied that need. <laughs> you know, like taking care of something that give you a little satisfaction too, right? Think of how the game is so wrong in this new shit. I swear it's getting old. It ain't working. It ain't working. Come on, catch flies. Like spend hours every day, you know, catch flies. Especially in the winter, there's no flies around, you know. Yeah, you, you just it was a hassle to catch flies. But catching flies is kind of like um, meditation too. You know, you're in your own zone, and you you know, with all these buzzing around, you're focusing focusing on one fly and trying to you know <laughs> trying how to approach it to catch it. No, it's kind of like it's really um, soothing. Think about my niggas in the grave, B.I.P. Little Reg, at least you in a better place, man. Think about my young nigga gone real nation. Damn, I wish heaven had a phone forever. Forever I'm keeping their name alive. Yeah, the real niggas die, but only the strong surviving. That was feeding the geese and, and like helping them with the they had babies and stuff. I was just checking on them, you know, pretending like I'm helping them and, and giving them advice and uh, feeding them every now. Where they should teach them how to how to, where to f learn to fly and all that stuff, and uh, you should go over there and hide from the people and all that. But I I enjoyed the, the parents raising their children. Corny as that is, you know, getting nurturing vicariously felt good to be able to see that, you know, because been away from the, from that kind of stuff for so long. So. Thinking when I'm sitting in the cell, I ain't never been to heaven, but I know I've been to hell, man. Think of how it all went wrong. We was all getting money, but jealousy fucked it off, man. What happened to keeping the circle strong? The guy singing there is Jovan Mills, known on the yard as Scoob Stacks. He just happened to be beating on the table and singing while we were out recording our yard talk. I don't want to get too explicit. I don't want to get too explicit. I don't want to be towards disrespectful towards you, that's why. So taking care of friends, lizards, geese. E, what's your workaround? What do you look out for? Uh, for me, it's my God kids, you know. Uh, I like to nurture them from here, like through letters, through phone calls. Uh, that's my uh, nurturing is just to stay in contact with them and try my best to raise them from here. Um, so do they actually come to you for advice? If I end up calling my goddaughter, she'd be like, man, I've been waiting on you to call me. And, ooh, and we just go there, you know, because I always be like, hey, you know we only got 15 minutes for this, right? That is definitely a story of another podcast. Yeah, the 15-minute phone call. Well, I know in prison there's a lot of deprivation, so it's really cool that you can keep the connection so strong with them. That's, that's very important to me, you know. Well, I know we're talking about deprivation, but there are two things that can never be taken away from you in prison, and that's your fantasies and your memories. So I've got a question for you. Since we've been talking about animals, I'm curious. If you could be an animal, what would you be? A beluga whale. What? <laughs> what? Wow. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason for it, but it just sounded cool. But we did go to the yard and ask some guys what type of animals would they be. If I could be any animal, I'd be a, a penguin. They're super cute in tuxedos. And they're like the coolest animals ever. And they slap box like crazy too. I would want to be a panther. And the reason why is I like the, uh, the sleekness of the animal. Dog because I know that someone would adopt me. A Galapagos turtle because they live to be over 150 years old. Lion because it's king. Marmot because they're misunderstood. Everybody thinks they're weasels. And they're not. They're marmots. I want to be a water buffalo because it's diligent. 
and because it says very little. It would be an eagle because they can fly. So that means I would always be free. I would always be safe. Tiger, because tigers love their independence. A jellyfish, because it has no natural enemies. I asked Roach what kind of animal he'd want to be, and his answer is pure Roach. <laughs> I want to hear that. If I could be an animal, any animal, it would be a wish dragon that would only appear when a kid needed it because my experience with imaginary friends, they were needed. So the thing about being a dragon is they eat meat and I couldn't do that. So I'd have to be a vegetarian dragon, a thin vegetarian dragon, because I would spend a lot of time looking for food. That's a lot of carrots. That's a lot of apples, uh, oranges. That's just a lot of vegetables. Who's gonna um, grow those vegetables for a giant dragon? Unless I'm a baby, a, a tiny dragon, then I just eat little slices of cheese. I didn't think about that. This episode aired in 2017. It was one of the earliest of your show. Um, I think it was the, the third episode you ever made. What's changed since then? It has, it has changed a little bit. <laughs> I think just, you know, uh, that, you know I, I, the, the biggest, I guess the biggest hurdle or for me was getting out of prison. In November of 2018, then-Governor Jerry Brown commuted Ear Hustle host Erlon Wood's sentence after 21 years of incarceration. Getting out, you know, and having a full-time job, having a career uh, was definitely a blessing for me, you know. Well, I mean, one of the, the great things is that, I mean, we were colleagues inside, but now we get to be like... Uh, the kind of colleagues everyone else gets to be that work together on the outside. We get to travel together. We get to talk to each other on the phone whenever we want. We can email. We can meet for lunch. Um, so it just brings, personally, a, a little bit more joy to me. Uh, I don't think the work has slowed down at all. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I even think shelter in place is making it harder. <laughs> I'm with no, you. not even harder, but making it more. Make, you, you, you just being that you sheltered in place. You just like, all right, well, it's eight o'clock at night. Let me go over here and do this, and then you find yourself doing a little bit more work. I think. Yeah, and you know the other thing that is one of the dreams we had when Erlon was still inside was to be able to do stories in other prisons and to be able to do stories that had women in them. And when 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 Erlon was inside, it just wasn't feasible because it would mean I would be doing those stories without him, which neither of us wanted to do. So when Erlon got out, it made that dream that we had for a long time possible. So we're able to include stories about other prisons, and you know, hopefully that will continue. Erlon, now that you're out of prison, um, do you have any pets? No, no, I don't have pets at all. You know, um, <laughs> I really, I, I understand that pets are like kids. You have to do a lot of taking care of them, and um, I haven't found that time yet. Nah, um, now I don't have any pets, but I do like when I do go over people's house and they have pets. Um, it's cool. 
So it's just like kids, you know. My nieces, my nieces, it's like my nieces and nephews, you know. I can pick them up, kick it with them, and then I drop them back off. So that's cool. <laughs> You'd like to like <laughs> rent a pet. I got to know, though. Um, I got to ask you this. I laugh because I don't think you're a pet guy. But if you had to have a pet, what would you have? Oh, if I had to have a pet, what would I have? Yeah, you have maybe, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't have a maybe, choice. Maybe, maybe a bird. Low maintenance. You know, it's, it's very low maintenance. You know, you put some pebbles in there and... Let it fly around and put it back in there and you go on about your business. You'd put it in a cage? You'd have your bird live in a cage? Not yeah. free roaming? I, 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 I'll, be, I'll be like everybody else, you know, <laughs> with their bird living in a cage. I don't know. No. Now, 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 speaking of birds, I just I was just with someone last night and they just showed me some pictures where people put suits on birds, like clothes on birds. I was like, really? Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me, do you know how Roach is doing? How is Roach doing? Actually, well, I could say that the last time, the last time I walked into San Quentin um, and I ran into Roach and talked to him for a quick second, and he was a different cat than I had seen previously because I think this time he had cut off all his, his, his dreadlocks. And I think he had maybe one left yeah. um, that he held on to. Um, so he was, he was making this change, you know, he was going through, uh, meeting people. I think he, Nigel, did he have a girlfriend at the time? Yeah. (laughs) He got, he got a lot of attention after that story. You know, after that story, he got a ton of attention and, um, he got a a lot of letters and that was really great for him. Um, but he, you know, he's, he's a particular kind of guy and, um, he, He's, he struggles a little bit, you know. It's life is up and down for him, and um, he. The thing that's consistent about him is that he always goes back to his critters. I think that's where he finds the most comfort. So, yeah, he, he did cut his hair off. Uh, he was struggling, but the last time I saw him, um, when time actually existed in a way that we understand before COVID, um, he was doing. You know, he was doing okay. I. I saw him almost every day I went in. He still had critters he wanted to show me and, um, you know, we, we, we talked a lot. Yeah. I want to ask about what's going on uh, in San Quentin right now with COVID. What are you hearing? I, I'm hearing things that uh, that there's actually, there's some very big outbreaks and problems right now. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think maybe about a, let's say, what is this, July, maybe in June? Um, you had a lot of prisoners uh, move from Chino prison in Chino, California to San Quentin into another prison. And those individuals were infected with the coronavirus. And when they sent them to San Quentin, San Quentin didn't have no cases of the coronavirus. And within a matter of days, it went from... Of, of of those prisoners arriving, it went from like none to to ten cases to fifteen cases to a hundred cases to three hundred to five hundred. Now it's at like fourteen hundred cases and seven deaths. So um, it's definitely a lot changing. A lot has changed, you know. And I think Nigel, you stopped going in. Nigel stopped going in before they they even did the shelter in place and all that stuff. Yeah, I stopped. Just I think so the last she time, wouldn't be. Yeah. One, the last yeah. time I was in was March 17th, um, and that was right around when, when California started sheltering in place. And 
that feels like a lifetime ago. So it's it's desperate in there. And what makes it hard for us is the, is that we have the lack of contact. So all of a sudden, all our colleagues in there are so far away from us. It's very difficult to talk on the phone. Obviously, we can't go in. Um, we hear the news every day getting worse and worse. It's it's frightening, frightening. Well, you know, I, I love your show so much, and uh, we all uh, love it here at, at Criminal. And so um, thank you both for, for speaking today, and I'm really happy to talk to you and to hear that you're both healthy. Oh, thank you. And thank you. Thank and, you very and, much. And glad to hear your voice. It's, it's, um, you have that soothing voice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, both of you, and uh, talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you. Bye. On July 10th, California Governor Gavin Newsom announced that because of coronavirus concerns, the state would grant early release to eligible people incarcerated in California prisons. As many as 8,000 could be eligible for early release this summer. Since we spoke to Nigel and Erlon, four more men incarcerated at San Quentin have died of coronavirus, bringing the total to 11 as of July 16th. More than one-third of the prison population and staff have tested positive for the virus. Ear Hustle's co-founder and sound designer is Antoine Williams. For this episode, Pat Masidi-Miller was their outside production advisor. The story editor was Curtis Fox, and Ear Hustle's executive editor from Radiotopia is Julie Shapiro. You can find more episodes of Ear Hustle at earhustlesq.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Criminal is created by Lauren Spohr and me. Nadia Wilson is our senior producer. Susanna Robertson is our assistant producer. Audio mix by Rob Byers. Criminal is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're a proud member with Ear Hustle of Radiotopia from PRX, a collection of the best podcasts around. We'll be back with a new episode in a couple of weeks. I'm Phoebe Judge. This is Criminal. Radio Tokyo.